welcome to the Steve-O and Goody podcast. We just want to take an opportunity this real quick to welcome you. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the trials and tribulations of a couple of particularly good-looking hunters. Shapesing <laughs> <laughs> around yesterday, but too young, very good-looking, and tall. Yeah, tall. <laughs> and freakishly tall. <laughs> Americans who are trapped down in the and uh, our experiences living over here and hunting here and elsewhere around the world. We're going to get on with that today, so stay tuned. It's the Steve-O and Goody Show, live from... Well, we're not really live. We're but... not even close to live. In fact, by the time you're hearing this, we may even be dead. <laughs> hey, we just want to take the opportunity quick to welcome Rick Coldwell from Uncaged Outdoors to the show today. How are you, Rick? I am doing great. It's good to be with you. That's fantastic, man. So how's things? How is uh, how has your hunting been? I know you've been hunting for the last few weeks. Um, I have been now a few times. A couple of our guys have, have uh, managed to get some nice bowls. Uh, one Roosevelt and one Rocky. And we're going to start hitting it really hard tomorrow for the last week or so. Try and uh, fill the rest of our tags. It's your turn now, isn't it? It better be my turn. <laughs> I was going to say the question we ask all of our guests when they're getting ready for a hunt is, um, is what uh, material do you use for tying the animal down? For tying the animal down? Yeah. Uh, we have them all. We, we use shock collars and um, electric fence. Wow. Man, it's, a, you're high it's, a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit more sporting that way. See? It's that kind of hunting ethics that's just helping the sport time and time. Well, again. you know, we try and keep it up on the up and up. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't want it on a six foot leash. We give it a ten by ten area. <laughs> More sporting. More sporting. Well, right. yeah. I've got one of them nice hats and everything. That's the old safari guys. Like Ted, mm. Teddy Kennedy. Or Teddy Roosevelt. Kennedy's yeah. the one that drives drunk. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's doing a lot of African safaris. But... <laughs> well, he kills a lot. But, yeah, uh... he killed. Yeah, <laughs> usually, usually Massachusetts women in a river. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, so... off topic already. Yeah, that's it, right? So that's we're... a new record for me. <laughs> we're excited to get you on the show here, man. Um, you have your own podcast called Uncaged Outdoors. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Oh, we're working on it. It's uh, slowly coming along, man. We we got a solid team, uh, a group of six guys from <laughs> just about all walks of life. We got rook rookie hunters that have just picked it up in the last few years. We got veterans. Um, we got a wildlife biologist. We got a plumber. I mean, I myself am a, a paratransit driver, so we just kind of come we come from everywhere. We want to. We want to show that the average everyday guy can still, you know, become uncaged from your from your everyday life and get out there and, and have a good time and bond with with friends and family and hopefully put some meat on the table. Cool. I'm just looking over here at, at Goody's um, photo on his name badge. It doesn't look anything like him. It looks like some old guy. <laughs> yes, I will. And Rick, no. that's probably relevant for your interview. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. You know, I can, you know, Goody, I, I know what you have to deal with. You know, I've been talking with Stephen for a long time, so yeah. I, I apologize for your, your pain over there. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I, well, we know that his medication's going to kick in sooner or later after a couple of cycles, so that's, so that's all right. We're, well, we're optimistic, right? We're optimistic. I, under, I understand he skips it sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> kind of a day it is. yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. 
I was still in my underwear two minutes before Goody walked in yeah, the door. Well, that's, that's a fucking it is You're wearing nice. underwear, so that's progress. <laughs> yeah, well, my bathrobe. Yeah. <laughs> bathrobe's got some holes in it, so it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Leave your love life out of this, mate. Leave your love life yeah. out of this. Yeah. <laughs> that's what your mom said. Start. <laughs> so now, a question for you, because you mentioned that your podcast has a range of, um, of experience you know, in it. Tell us a little bit about your experience. So, you know, a little bit about you for our listeners. Oh, my goodness. I'm one of the rookies. I, I started hunting when I was about 15 or 16, but with rifle hunting with my grandpa who couldn't get around very much at the time. And I well, still can't. And so my introduction to hunting was getting out before dark with, you know, my blaze orange on, sitting around a bowl. And then when the sun came up, seeing about a hundred other people around the same bowl in blaze orange all with rifles about ready to shoot something in between us all and so i wasn't too keen on that if you know what i mean (laughs) doesn't seem like the safest thing but i love the outdoors i love you know the idea of hunting and it wasn't until i got married and i met um you know all my in-laws and they got me into archery hunting and so that kind of slowly just kind of kind of grew on me and then I'd say the last five or six years I've been hitting it hard but the last two or three years with different groups I've mainly been a cameraman and I've actually I really enjoy that part of it but this year I said I gotta be selfish because I need to I need to fill a tag and we've been we've been getting some good stuff on film it's just I've been trying to get everybody else one so this year I'm a little bit more selfish. I'm still going to help everybody else get theirs, but I'm definitely going to take my turn with the bow a lot more than I have been. Nice. Yeah, that's the way to do it. So yeah, he's a so um, uh, Rick is a bow tech guy. Oh. Okay. And he used to be an elite guy. He's very anti-elite. <laughs> he used to um, Zach same bow I shoot. Okay. And he doesn't. Impulse, he didn't like it. The impulse. Yeah, that should have been called the Death Star. <laughs> it blew up. It blew up on me. <laughs> Excellent. I, tried, I think that's because he's got these Sasquatch arms. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. I yes, admittedly, I probably should have gotten a, a Bowtech um, or anything else other than that Elite from the get go. But I live with my mistake barely. So, and, so did you? Um, so did it actually blow up? Did the limbs blow up? Um. It derailed. Well, it scared the crap out of me, but it derailed um, at full draw, or as I was nearing full draw, just about the time the cans were going to kick over. And there's lots of theories as to why, um, but I really don't know. I mean, it could have been because I was trying a thumb release and I was twisting the string a little bit too much or something coming back, but... I don't That's know. Very I'm possible. not an elite guy. I am yeah. not a yeah. bow technician. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Guys that use releases that require twists, they really need to use not use D loops. They need to use it's called a catfish loop. And so or or a torqueless loop. And okay, so, yeah. Well I broke up with thumb it. releases after the bow tried to kill me. So yeah, I'm very, very, very sensible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what it does is so when you turn the release in your hand, it doesn't torque the screen. <laughs> or well, you, it makes that makes sense now. Where were you when it blew yeah, up, huh? Yeah. Well, obviously I was in Australia. 
<laughs> well, I was going to say that the other thing you can do is stick to a wrist release like the good Lord intended, right? That's all I'm going to say. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Say, Don't play around with that modern foolishness. I use, I use a back tension release all the time, but when I hunt, I well, let's I not get started release. on you. Yeah. No. Yeah, I use a wrist release hunting with trigger. Well, I think, I think you have to, man. I, my fear is I've tried the back tension and the thumb releases over the years and it's never been good. I get the horrible heebie-jeebies when I shoot it, panic, target panic, all that stuff. And yeah. The few times I eventually get it sorted, I'm sitting there holding the bloody thing for 20 minutes waiting for it to shoot. Mm. And knowing my, exactly. luck, knowing my luck, there'd be a fallow deer that, you know, the size of a moose standing in front of me with a birthmark <laughs> over its heart. You know, perfect aim. So I'd be sitting there holding it, and then it would walk away, and then it would release, right? So yeah, I'm, yeah. I, of I, course. You know, and I'm just, I'm going to do wrist release. That's it. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> right? So... But um, all right. So you've been, so you've been hunting. Well, yeah. You only need. Oh, I let you there. I'm here. Oh yeah. So, uh, so, so you've been hunting with with a bow for four or five years, and you did that through your wife's family. Does your wife hunt? No, she despises it, <laughs> which is uh, odd because she grew up going with her dad, you know, and they'd they'd have a trailer or whatever, and so it's kind of in her upbringing. But then when I started doing it and taking off and going. She didn't really want to go with me, and she likes to complain about me going. Ah, uh, I see. That's yeah, pretty yeah. standard, man. That's, that's standard. Because <laughs> yeah. my wife very much loves the idea of me hunting. Let me rephrase yeah. that. She very much loves the idea of me telling stories about me hunting and me having meat in the, in the freezer. She just doesn't like the me leaving. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're going to like Africa. I mean, I'm, I'm going like three or four hours across the state. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my wife, um, my wife has an objection to anything where I enjoy myself. Right. That's her. Well, that's you her know, advice. you know, your wife and my wife might be related somehow. I, yes, I, I, I fear you might be right, mate. Two dragons around the world have some genetic link. So, um, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, my wife caught me smiling the other day. It was an ugly mess, mate. I'll just tell you. Right oh, now. my goodness. Wasn't good. <laughs> wasn't good. You've got to be more aware of your surroundings. That's it. I've got to be more emotionally intelligent and <laughs> alert to that stuff. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, no, my wife is, is great. I'll put that on the record. Yes. Um, Ass covered, she, right? Ass covered. <laughs> she, to she tolerates a lot of my, my, the stuff I do or I don't do, um, but she does vocally object to hunting. Uh, well, no. Is that, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. So is that because of the time you're away or is that because she's opposed to it on a moral basis? Because of the time away, she has no problem with me okay. shooting something or, or whatever, but okay. it's just, just time away. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Because that would have been interesting because I, I often wonder about people who hunt whose partners or families are, are opposed to Because I've got a lot of friends who are quite opposed to hunting and I've known them for years. And I think I'm kind of unique in the sense that I've got a good mix of friends that sit on both sides of this. And, I, and I'm always oh. interested to see how people would deal with closer family members that are opposed to it. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't have any family members that are opposed to it, at least not that tell me, but I do work in Portland, Oregon. So you get all, all kinds. <laughs> yeah. A lot, lot of, not a lot of Antifa people out on the tree stands in the fall. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Um, they would have to come out of the basement. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's what I mean. 
Yeah, because mom says it's time for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hot <coughs> <Our> pocket. <laughs> so. Can you guys stay on track? Focus. Yes, yes, we will. So. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the track was. There, there's no track. I don't know, but we don't even have Hot Pockets <laughs> yeah. in Australia. I miss Hot Pockets. I thought we did. Oh, they introduced them, but I don't think they took off. No. Yeah, we had, I, had a, I had a client that was a business that was bringing them in, and it didn't work. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I could be Australia's Hot Pocket smuggler. See what you can make do, Make a man. fortune. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there may be other things you want to smuggle in here. Yeah, yeah. Like lower taxes <laughs> and more guns, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need those here too. Yeah. yeah it's a, so, so tell us a little bit more about Uncaged. So you got this group of guys. It, it's a range of kind of perspectives and opinions, and it's about. I'm assuming I, uh, I, I haven't listened to it. I must confess. Um, I will after the well, show. nobody has listened to it yet. It's not quite out yet. Oh, uh, oh I was still the impression it was out. Yeah. No, no, no. We just barely uh, kind of put our logo out there and started putting some stuff on Instagram um, at Uncaged Outdoors. But we're not. We're just kind of slowly um, uh, starting to put stuff out there. We're going to be putting a couple of more just kind of phone videos of us just out there in the woods, just goofing oh. off. I did a video for, I did a video for one of our guys about the spider rut and how the spiders scrape the limb, just you know the limb. <laughs> <laughs> nice fantastic uh, yeah i'll have to send it to you just you know we we try and capture the hunt and and all the nonsense you know and you're you're bsing with the guys you know in between and all that good stuff because we really want to show there's a couple of people out there that that kind of show the realistic hunt but i just some of those videos that are out there just get too artsy fartsy for me and yeah they're just over edited and i mean they're great they, they look awesome there's yeah. there's usually really good footage on them but i'm not going to sit there for a couple weeks and and edit videos man we're just going to be as raw and real as possible and cool take it or leave it man we're <laughs> we're we're the everyday guys you know hopefully people can relate to us and cool. and enjoy what we got to put out now you're doing video not you're not doing just an audio podcast you're doing like a video like a video log yes YouTube, as right? much as possible i mean we might we might do just audio for for some guests that are you know across the country and we're just never gonna really be able to meet up um but for the most part um it's gonna be a little bit different we, we're gonna try to to get people in their element um whether it's, you know, like Jason Phelps, he makes elk calls and, and some other types of calls and, and things. And I'll try and get him, you know, like at his place or at a shop somewhere and yeah. really go through his calls and, you know, and, and talk about what he's, what he's doing, what he's thinking when he, when he makes a call. Because he's an engineer. Like not a lot of people know that until recently but and he he showed like some of the stuff he's doing for his shop at his house but that dude's really smart and and i've known him kind of since he started out i met him at triple x archery in, in washington he was doing a seminar and that guy is the same today as he was then just a just a good solid guy he'll sit there he'll take the time to talk with you and so i really want to show off the good people like that because i know a lot of people that are 
uh, have questionable ethics and mm-hmm. they'll, you know, they'll like Woody. Min- yeah, like me, for example. <laughs> they'll manipulate things. <laughs> right, right. You know, so I want to try and really work with those kinds of people. Um, my local archery shop, G4 Archery, they they're super good to me and and they treat everybody really well and so they're building a new shop so when that gets done we're going to do we're going to do a bunch of stuff there as well um, just people like that man i, I want to highlight all the good and positive things and, and stay away from the negative aspects out there now i understand that at some point we're going to get noticed by the anti-hunting crowd or, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we'll deal with that because yeah. <laughs> just like well, everybody else does. Especially in Portland, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, you're, it's just a matter of time, I suspect. Oh, absolutely. And it's kind of funny because there's a lot of people in the hunting industry that are, came from Oregon. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and it's like, there's imagine, these poor. I'd imagine that's rural Oregon though. Yeah. That you wouldn't um, Portland people that were coming out of the hunting. <laughs> yeah, no, we're the closest to Portland, um, oh. and none of us actually live in Portland. A couple of us work in Portland, and then we all kind of live on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. And so maybe we'll be the ones to get the most backlash. But whatever, we're ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought. I would have thought that we would have had a lot more backlash. We haven't had any yet. Not really. No. I mean, I've, I've got anti-hunters that are subscribed to our podcast, right? Now they do it because they know me and to lesser extent. Right. But, um, but yeah, we haven't really, I mean, I think I get the sense there's a couple of Australians, uh, Zach Slatery. I don't know if you've seen that name, Steve-O, but he that. seems to, he needs, uh, he seems to attract them, but I suspect he's a bit more provocative and controversial. And <laughs> he kind of, he pokes the bear a bit, but he, uh, he stirs well, it up a little bit. I've well, seen that guy. Yeah. 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 He's on off the couch. We'll discuss that later. Yeah, yeah, because I, I have no doubt that he, um, yeah, but but I suspect at some point we'll get something right. I mean, he's actually local. Well, and what's the other guy from Australia that's on the that? Um, he really likes to stir it up. I've noticed. That's oh. a, that's Zach. Yeah, Michael. 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 You mean Michael Matt. Scott? Matt. 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 Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. Matt. What's his, What's his last name? Scott. Matt Scott, yeah, he's a good guy, but I noticed he has no problem getting in there and mixing it up. And, no, no, no. Yeah, I, en- I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good people. He he's actually local for us as well. Yeah, is that right. Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that Matt. That Matt, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't even I didn't know his last name. Yeah, yeah. He just actually he just he just got home from Oregon. Okay. From his he's yeah. he was successful with the Roosevelt. Fantastic. Yeah, that that jerk didn't even call me. <laughs> <laughs> I. T- well, I did. We got to get together while you're up here, you know, in Oregon where I live. Yeah. But no, he didn't even call me. That's all right. But it's, That's it's, all right. It's, I've never actually. Met him he might. He might. <laughs> he might still be there. Because he got. I thought he was going to be up here for a couple weeks. Yeah, he might still be there, but I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. But he does guide, but he doesn't guide this time of year. I think he's. I don't know what time of year he's going. Oregon's does just. He his, guide, does he guide Oregon's Australia? just his hunt. Does he guide he, Australia? He, he guides. He guides Australia. He oh, guides Arizona, he and he guides in yeah. Mexico. So he would guide in in, the, in our winter, in the summer months, in the, in, in the north. Yeah. Yeah, it's his time to guide. Because he does Victoria, mostly Victoria and yeah. SA for yeah. guiding here. Yeah. And then I know he spends three months of the year in southern Arizona, northern Mexico. And that might be in. 
the northern fall, I'd imagine. Yeah, he spends a lot of time overseas. Yeah. Oregon is just where he goes. That's his little... Yeah, it might be his post-season hunt. That's his, I'm going to go hunt. (laughs) Good on him. (laughs) Well, it sounds like a good result. Got a Roosevelt. I I think I saw it on the the off-the-couch page of the feed, but I didn't see the the actual animal. I just saw the... Yeah, it's a nice nice little bull. Yeah, yeah. Five by five, I think. Yeah, a little dark dark horn bull. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, the one he shot last year was big. Okay. Five by six, big five by six. Okay. Is it? Yeah. We've we've got up here because this year is the first year I'm hunting Roosevelt's, which is like my back door. I just had never had anybody to kind of show me the area, and there's a lot of lumber company and private company. You get private uh, property, you got to navigate, and so I got two guys this year. One's part of my crew, and then one's just a friend we've had for a long time between those two we got like four or five giant bowls located um so hopefully we're going to be able to get on them tomorrow and uh i will never shut up about it if i shoot one that'll be great man you should, you should. <laughs> we'll make sure we we make sure we do the uh, the follow up podcast. If you yeah. do one of those big ones on yeah. a, a little bit better platform than we're using at the moment yeah but that's yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that way we can record for a long, longer you can have time. A proper conversation. Right? Well, I don't know about never shutting up, but at least yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, that's it. Have you ever dreamed of hunting in Africa, but you thought it was just out beyond your reach? Red Sand Safaris is situated in the heart of the Bushveld in the Lampopo province of South Africa. With plentiful hunting opportunities in the African bush, along with its diverse bird life and natural beauty, Red Sands is a must for any adventurous hunter. Red Sands boasts a wide range of game, from the smallest and tiny of Steenbach to the mighty and dangerous Cape Buffalo. At Red Sands Safari, they not only cater for rifle shooters, but they also cater for the bow hunter. So no matter what kind of hunting you're into, they've got you covered. All you need is a spirit of adventure and good aim. Welcome to Red Sands Safaris, where professional hunter and outfitter Neil Becker We'll work with you on a personal level, one-on-one, to make sure that you have the exact hunt that you are looking for. If you're keen on getting this Africa dream going, contact us directly at contact.rssafaris, all one word, at gmail.com. And remember to leave us the country that you're living in so that we can get you out the correct brochure and price list. Is it time to make some dreams happen? I think it is. I'll be out there next year. Will you? So, we've been talking about Off the Couch. You guys were instrumental in starting it. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about it for our, our audience? Yeah, so Rick and I have been friends for about three years. Rick would say that that's a strong word. <laughs> yes. uh, absolutely. It's Although I friends. Think, uh, uh, define friends. <laughs> I think I talk to Rick more than I talk to really anybody but you. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and he's not even in this country. That's funny. Yeah. So we. Uh, I'm honored. We keep. Or scared. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> depends on if I get duct tape in the truck. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I never asked too many questions. That's right. Anyway, so Rick and I decided we wanted to. We were in a international hunting team together for a few years, which we've had uh, some guests of from in the first season of Steve and Goody's hunting comedy podcast. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, so that kind of fizzled out and 
Rick and I had decided, you know what, we miss the camaraderie. We miss the family. We miss the, the support network. And so we decided that, Hey, we're going to create that. Um, but we're going to, where we can control it instead of it having being controlled for us. So, yeah, we wanted to take all the positive aspects and the, the brotherhood and, and all that good stuff and take all the people that, that we missed and, and their friends that they wanted to invite and get them all on the same page, so to speak. Bring the band yeah. back together. Yeah. Pretty much. So like Hunters Helping Hunters, we've got a, a group of people from brand spanking new people who or people who are thinking yeah. even about hunting who haven't been hunting. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, people who are veteran hunters who have hunted all over the world and different continents. And, and the other thing was the other thing that we, we focused on was it seemed like every page out there was very U S centric only. Yeah. And so if you, you could welcome to be a part of it, but you know, it really didn't have relevance. And so we tried to make this one an international one so that I think we have seven or eight countries now. People from oh yeah we've, we're all around the world and it's really cool because the people that we knew um from other countries already you know they kind of help spread the word and, and bring yeah. in more countries and i i enjoy it man I, i'm glad that we started it it's a good place yeah. for people to go and ask questions uh you know ask fitness questions as well we got justin holland back on there um, I don't know if he's been on the podcast yet, but you know, he's kind of our fitness guru to answer any of those questions. And then we got hunters from everywhere, like Steven said, and just, just a good place to go and, and learn about hunting. I mean, I got friends from high school on there that have never hunted that have been like, Hey, look, thanks to this page, I'm interested in hunting and I'm taking my family camping almost every weekend now. That's really cool. That's very cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So how many countries are we going? Because Australia, obviously, would have a big contingent. Yeah, so there's – I still think there's uh, more in the U.S. because there's yeah. more hunters there. Yeah. Um, but actually, it's it's surprising the, how, how many from Australia there are compared to the U.S. It's quite close. Yeah, yeah then, it's it's pretty even, Australia and U.S. And then you got Canada. You got some from yeah. South Africa. Yeah, 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 we've got quite a few from Africa. Is that Neil? Is that Neil and that crew? Neil and that crew, but then there's other other Africans there yeah. that I know on from other places. Isn't there someone from Turkey or something? Is there? Yeah, there's a couple of them from um, Turkey or and Russia. I thought. Yeah, it's quite a few from Russia, South America, some in South America, yeah. some from yeah. Mexico, okay. and some New Zealanders. Yeah. Okay. So we're just kind of it's kind of spreading quickly, which I think is pretty in Kansas. Awesome. In Kansas, <laughs> yeah, Josh. Yeah. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, I used to um, live in Kansas so I can make fun of it. That's yeah. right. You've lived just about everywhere like me. Kind of live all, move yeah. around. Yeah. Matter of fact, well, yeah, but I moved, I moved by choice. I didn't get kicked out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my parole officer thought it would be best if I moved. So. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to cut my ankle bracelet off. Yeah. <laughs> so where are you from originally in the U.S., by the way? I was born in Utah, in Provo. <laughs> And then we kind of moved around. My dad's a drug dealer. And so we went, he's a pharmacist. So yeah, he's a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> so we moved around Nevada, Kansas, back to Utah. And then I ended up coming up to Oregon. Okay. So you're a Western boy. So your wife's from Oregon, yeah? Yeah, she's from Oregon. And I don't think I'll ever get her out of Oregon. A bit like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
my, my Although her, her family did house. sell the house that she kind of grew up in and, and they moved uh, more to Southern Oregon. And yeah. so as her family starts to move here and there, I mean, you never know what'll happen. Yeah. Well, we, we were kind of in a similar situation because we've actually been tossing around the idea of moving back to the U S sometime in the next decade. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't want you. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> It'd be great if you were out here. Ice yeah. would have a problem with that. <laughs> What's that? Ice would have a problem with that. Ice. <laughs> I think they'd, they'd have some questions to ask you before. You yeah, know. that's all right. Yeah. So we're yeah. options, um, uh, between, but not necessarily just the U S either. We're looking at maybe New Zealand or, uh, New Zealand would be cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to get them over that way one of these days. Go to New Zealand, go to Australia, Absolutely. hang out with you guys if you'll have me. Yeah. Of course you will. Yeah. Bring the one. I am the, I'm the world's largest leprechaun. You can take pictures That's with me. Right, I won't even charge you. Man, there's lots of rangers here, man. There's tons of rangers in Australia. He's got to get the, he's got to take your kids and, and Blaine's kids down to the grandparents and bring the wives over and wives can do their thing and we'll take off and go we'll to New drop Zealand. them in Melbourne at the shopping centers, mate. Trust me though. You know what my wife says? No, no, no. no. <clears throat> she I'm says, <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, she goes, Oh, New Zealand. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. The girls and I will go do other stuff in New Zealand while you guys hunt. Cause you're not getting, you're not going to New Zealand without us. Yeah. Right. I you gotcha. Get, hey, fair enough. Beautiful spot. It's, well, I, yeah. I've spent most of the time in Auckland, the city, even the city itself is beautiful. Yeah. Like it's quite a, not a lot of hunting there, but it's still quite an amazing little yeah, country. Right. Now, Steve, aren't you going to New Zealand sometime soon? Uh, I'm supposed to go in November. Um, okay. But I'm having some issues with school, and I'm having some medical issues at the moment. So I might get stuck into having to wait till next year for that. Gotcha. Fortunately. But, um, yeah, so I'm hoping to, to get up there, and if I do that, I'll be going after Tar and Shammy. So you don't think you move out of the – Pacific Northwest. I don't. I th I think I'm stuck here. Well, it's fine. There's there's good hunting here. We're close to some other states that, um, when we get to that point, we'll cross that bridge, and you know we can go to Idaho, which offers the same thing for veterans as far as in-state pricing. I get in-state pricing in Idaho anyway. I'm technically still a resident of Idaho. Oh, well, until I make a few phone calls. Yeah, then... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a registered voter in Idaho. That's where my that's where I will be voting in the 2020 election. Yeah. Was it would be through my Idaho. And the problem awesome. is that I'm, I'm the only thing. My problem is because I'm still a U.S. I'm, I'm dual Australian and U.S. He's bi. I'm bi, and um, <laughs> the, the problem is the only thing I'm a, a resident of is Connecticut. So make not a lot of. Oh. I mean, one I'm, there's beautiful whitetail deer. There's whitetail everywhere. Because nobody right. shoots them, but not a big hunting scene except if you yeah. go upstate. And where I grew up, it's right next to New York City, so there's absolutely no hunting. So that and, and and it's obviously the most expensive part of the bloody country. So that's the only place my wife would move if we were to go back. Yeah. Right. So no, no, we're not. We're never leaving because she's Australian. It's just like the only wow. places. Let's unless we move to Westport, mm. which is kind of like saying, look, if we move to Mars. <laughs> right. then because it's about a billion it's about a billion dollars an acre to live there and uh right. i'm just thinking that i yeah so i'm stuck in australia myself but again it, it's plenty of hunting here mate that's 
I've always wa- I've always wanted to go to Australia ever since I was a little kid, even like yeah. before I started hunting. But it just seems like everything there wants to kill and eat me. I mean, it does. You got it your, does. O- your oceans full of sharks. You got yeah. spiders <clears throat> the size of Volkswagens. You yeah. got snakes that have all sorts of weird venom. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've probably got parts of the outback that got some velociraptors or something yeah, out there that nobody's ever me. been yeah. to. Yeah, well, that's absolutely It's right. true. And the funny, the scary thing about all that stuff, I think I've said this before, is that like in America, right, when you've got like a dangerous snake or an animal, they make a big deal like rattlesnakes or whatever. Um, yeah. But in Australia, all of the snakes are brown and dull. So they hide easily. So, and they don't look to get out of your way. So you're walking along. I've, I've, I've bumped into king brown snakes while I've been hunting. And you're almost on top of them by the time you see them, and they can kill you. I mean, yeah, quick without even fast. thinking about it, mate. And you're yeah, a million miles fast. away from anything, mate, and it's awful. There's but. that's the one thing that I don't like about Australia is it's a bit like doing a, a hunt like in the Rockies where you're, you know, ten or twelve miles back in, and there's no roads, yeah, yeah. and there's just nothing. Yeah. There's no way to contact anyone really. Yeah. Unless you get like a personal locator beacon or something, then they still got to get to you. Yeah. And there's no way to drive in there. Well, like to, to give you a sense. No, you're, you're just like screwed. A, but here you'll be like a thousand miles yeah. from a hospital. Well, yeah, to give you a sense, I'm, I'm about to go on a hunt in a couple of weeks up to a place called Cape York, top of the country. Sorry. And, um, and Cape York is as isolated as it gets. And so the farms, one farm that we're going on is half a million acres. So. <laughs> in, in, in the next town is like six hours away right so yeah. if you get bitten by something up there just you know what lie down die just die <laughs> just don't even bother yeah. don't even go back to the truck welcome yeah that's it you'll, you'll end there so but there's amazing things say your prayers that's it um, I'm, I'm looking up tickets right now it sounds it. exciting yeah oh the pig, the pig hunting up there is just yeah, insane yeah. man it, it is unlike anything you've ever seen yeah that's the other thing that's different about here is it's it's very difficult to hunt for free here. Yeah. You have right. to know, you have to See, know a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. I can go to Texas and I can hunt pigs all day long, yeah. every day of the year. Yeah. And I don't got to worry about all that yeah. other stuff that you got in Australia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the bright side, one of the places that my lovely wife and I have discussed moving in the East States to was to in Texas. So, might have a couple of and I reckon culturally do some swappy hunts. I re- I reckon culturally Texas is probably the closest to Australia. To Except r- they're rural Australia. Yeah, rural Australia. They're more pro. A, yeah, yeah, and they're more. America. I would say yeah, that's safe to say. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to have a lot of linkage between Cape York and. I want to move Texas there. just so I can put the gun racks in the back window. That's it. We do that. Oh, now. you can do you, you can do that. You can do that in Wyoming too, Montana probably. Yeah, but it's cold there, man. That's the other thing. That's, oh. No, you that's can't. You can't in Wyoming or Montana. Not anymore. You know, they've taken that. Guys... I, I was in Wyoming before I moved here, and we couldn't have them in there because I moved. I, I met my wife when I moved to Idaho from Wyoming because I was okay. in, I was up in uh, um, Moorcroft, which is kind of Gillette area of Wyoming. Jeez. All right. So, anyways, Rick, we wish you luck on your upcoming hunt, and um, look forward to hearing. Yeah, yeah. If you get that big bull, you know, let us know. We'll get you back for a follow up. And oh, I'm gonna let you know if I get a little bull, big bull, medium bull. It doesn't matter. Something with no legs. (laughs) If you shoot the toad. Yeah. (laughs) 
every <laughs> once in a while they break out of the electric fence, you know, and you got to. Well, you got to. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So hopefully that won't happen, man. Keep. keep I replaced the batteries last week. They should still be there. <laughs> the key is preparation to these things. That's right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Uh, it's my first podcast of of many, hopefully, and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, definitely keep you guys posted and then I will uh, get on sending you guys some of those short little videos just so you guys can let me know what you think. Hopefully oh, they're, yeah, they'd be great, man. <laughs> I'm almost Hopefully done. they're good for you. I'm almost done with the Africa video too. I'll yeah. put that through so you can have a watch of that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If I get that's, time, I'll take a gander. Yeah, that's 40 minutes long. Yeah. 40 one. minutes? Yeah, yeah. Aren't, aren't you just sitting in a blind waiting for it to come in? Yeah. Yeah, but I saw a lot of stuff come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope you narr- I hope you narrated it like they do on the Yeah, uh, I'm, I've narrated uh, it. Yeah. Animal Planet shows. Yeah, it's narrated. And then yeah. do you name name them all as they come in before you whack them? No. I should, I should do that. We now. should that would be funny actually. That, that would be nice. should do that. Please is, please do that. This is the one and, that I call Long Dong Silver. Yes. That'd be fantastic. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, one of my other guys is rolling in. Yeah. There's a brief documentary at the end of the taxidermist as well. So Oh yeah. It'd be great if the uh uh, like like reading rainbow style walkthrough. Oh, absolutely. And Nala comes into the watering hole with uh, (laughs) her her sister Simba (laughs) and uh Neither one of those are worth shooting. We're going to let them grow another year. <laughs> We're going to let the ear tag fall out before we shoot them. That's Absolutely. Right. We're going to wait till they outgrow that collar and then we'll shoot them. <laughs> we want to see a little bit of tarnish on that grass belt. <laughs> <laughs> it's too shy to going to have them go, go roll in the dirt. Let's we'll throw some dirt on them after we shoot them. That's right. All right, thanks. All right. Good luck. We look forward to catching up with you after you. Oh, absolutely. Part one was a blast. Thanks, guys. All right. Anyways, man, have a good one.